0: This is Comic Shanigans, episode 538, Comic Talk. Welcome to the Comic Shanigans podcast. This is episode uh, 538. I'm your host, Adam Chapman. It's a bit of a a random uh, comic talk episode. Um, I've been a little bit behind on the podcast. Usually we come out uh, with our non-reviews episodes every Friday, and it just uh, hasn't worked out with holidays and and the new year and all that kind of stuff and uh busy work life it just hasn't quite worked out so today sometimes what i do is i sit down and i try to have a flashback episode and kind of pick up something off my shelf and try to remember my original connection with the material during a quick spotlight on that particular book um so i'm actually sitting in front of my my, uh my trade paperback bookshelf or one of them i should say and um just wanted to kind of look at what kind of jumped out to me today that I wanted to kind of chat about, or I had a a strong memory of. Um, I want to try to do a better job throughout the next year of kind of actually going through all the trade paperbacks I have, which are numerous, uh, and I, w- I would imagine that most fans of comic books have that same kind of problem: is that they have almost too much on their shelf, um, and try to pick off you know things I want to make sure that I get a chance to read in, in the next year um, to kind of do um, you know kind of deep dives in the runs that have been a while since they've happened, a while since I've read them, etc., um, and kind of make some recommendations. If you haven't read these things, that maybe things that you might want to try reading in twenty eighteen. Uh, you might want to go back and, and, find some, uh, some of this material. Uh, first thing I wanted to talk about was a bit of Jeff John's work on the flash. Now this is available. I think they had it in kind of thin omnibuses for a while, which is why I didn't buy them. And now I'm kind of kicked myself for it because then they kind of came out with these new trade paperback collections, which I imagine have better paper than the originals. Um, but they're just, it feels like they're not thick enough for my liking. I like, I, let's be honest. I've been, I've been, uh, spoiled by Marvel comics and the way that they do their collections is much fatter collections. Um, So having ones that aren't quite as fat but are still trying to be complete collections when it doesn't need to be as many trades kind of bugs me. Um, Flash is kind of one of those characters. I remember um, really enjoying—I think I first started really getting into the Flash— I read them in the university. Someone had almost a complete run, so I read a lot of the issues. Um, And then I kind of wanted to start buying them in trade Paperback as they were coming out. So I remember I got uh, the Flash trade Paperback, The Secret of Barry Allen when it came out. Um, And I also got uh, the Flash Rogue War. And then I started getting singles after that. And um, to be honest, when I was buying Flash and singles, which was for... Quite a long time. Um, it never quite lived up to those 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 two collections. Those cool two collections I loved. Um, eventually, I did start to go back and try to pick up the stuff that um, um, had been developed by. Uh, the the creative team, uh, Jeff Johns, and usually Scott Collins or Howard Porter, and I was trying to go back and uh, enjoy that stuff. Unfortunately, I found it difficult to find the collections, and I kind of gave up. And I, I think I have Ignition and Blitz, and that was kind of it. And this is also back during the, kind of the earlier years of... Uh, DC putting out some of their collecting material in that um, when you had the trade paperbacks they were never numbered, Uh, the back never told you what issues were in Uh, the the covers weren't uh, collected in a complete format Um, so sometimes you would read issues and they would actually go in and out of the chronology because they would have issues uh, placed where maybe they shouldn't have been or where no one would normally put them. Um, So you'd end up all over the place. But I do recommend picking up Jeff Jeff Johns' work on The Flash. It is incredibly incredible. Incredibly incredible, that's right. I know English. Um, It's incredible work. It really makes me sad, though, because the way that Jeff Johns writes Wally West is phenomenal, and Wally West feels like such a complete character under Jeff Johns. Not to say that Mark Waid didn't, because Mark Waid did as well, but... At this particular uh, version of the character, I always really enjoyed uh, what Jeff Johns did with Wally West and um, also what he did with his connection with Barry. And that's something that we don't really have in the comics now, even with having Wally back, kind of. Like, he doesn't feel like Wally in the same way. Um, you know, they, they won't really let him feel like he's the same age. Um, we had a you know a very adult Wally West before he was married. He was he had he ended up having kids. It just felt like a very adult version of the character, and not in a way that betrayed anything about Wally West. Um, the character literally grew up on the page, and that's why people liked him so much. Part of it. I mean, they also just wrote him as a really interesting character. And when I feel like when they brought Barry back, he kind of lost a lot of that. Um, at least they were still both around, and then the New Fifty Two happened, and then, you know, we had this younger Wally, and then when Rebirth happened, they were trying to kind of say, "Oh, wait, hold on," um, you know, the 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 Wally you love still exists, kind of, and it was just kind of a weird. The whole thing was strange, um, I'll be honest. And uh, but you read this, and it, it's so good. And I remember, like, the Secret of Barry Allen is really, really well put together. Although, again, I, I think some of the issues are out of. I have the old trade, which was uh, back when it was the, I guess, the DC swoosh. Um, I remember they had the DC bullet, then they had the swoosh. I think there was something after that. Um, I'm trying to remember. Um, oh, then they had the peeling D, and now they have something else. So this was back during the swoosh era. Um, and uh, I, you know, it was really entertaining stories, fantastic art. Um, this this uh, The Secret of Barry Allen was really interesting because it was all about Barry... Barry's secret, and the, this was right during Identity Crisis. So Wally finds out what uh, Barry had done, and that the mind wiping wasn't only on Dr. Light. Um, it was also on um, you know, some of the rogues and what that kind of meant is specifically the top um, and the idea that the top kind of messed with some rogues as well and that's why that some of them went heroic um, it's a really interesting concept and the art by uh, Howard Porter is absolutely fantastic and then you go from that collection to the rogue war trade paperback which was somehow even better and I remember again reading this when it was first coming out uh, a friend of mine uh, owned the issues and I was reading them as they were happening and then later on I would um, get the trade. But I remember reading it and just thinking that it was such a great example of a storyline being so, about something different than what you pitch it being, but that not being a bad thing. And it ends up being for something that you didn't even realize how much you wanted it until it happened. Um, so the whole storyline is that, you know, the idea that the, the hoes are going to war against each other, which is, you know, relatively simple. Um, but at the end of each issue, it becomes more and more. So first you have... You know the uh, the heroic rogues versus the villainous rogues, um, and that you know seems like a pretty awesome um, way to start the story. And the Flash kind of ends up embroiled in the middle of it. And just at the end of the, you know of the, of the issue, then you have the top shows up, and uh, he's decided that he you know he's going to um, fix the uh, the rogues, which is not good for uh, Flash or uh, the heroic guys. Uh, and then at the end of that issue, we have um, uh, Hunter Solomon's wife. Uh, was trying to figure out things from... She was working with the FBI, and they had a a dead Captain Boomerang hooked up to a machine. The rogues show up, and they threaten her. And then Zoom shows up, and is just like, stay away from my wife. And then uh, you have this, which is a great kind of last page, and then the next page starts with a close-up of Zoom and his own internal monologue and it's, again, it's really interesting and entertaining. And at the end of the following issue, you have the original Professor Zoom show up with Jay Garrick t- like tied in chains to the Cosmic Treadmill um, so that the, the two Zooms are going to take on a Flash together, uh, which is just, again, so awesome. And then, and again, each page kind of starting with this great close-up shot of, of the villain or one of the characters. In this case, it was Zoom, then it was Professor uh, Zoom or the reverse Flash. And then at the end of the following issue, you have You know, freaking Barry showing up on the treadmill. And um, it was just every issue was this huge escalation when it became so much more than just rogue versus rogue. Um, That was obviously something that was still happening, but really what this was. Was a, a a larger conversation about or that Jeff Johns was having, um, and being able to use Zoom and the original Reverse Flash and use Barry and Wally in one big story, and it was really a fascinating capper to the story he'd started two years earlier in Flash 200 when he first brought in Zoom. Um, so, I mean these. I would go back and read Blitz afterwards, which is kind of weird. Um, and Blitz, when you if you own the original shape paperback again, uh, was not printed on the nicest paper at all, um, but has the heartbreaking origin of the of Zoom of Hunter Solomon as Zoom, um, which to this day just it, it is such a beautifully haunting issue because um, you know the character is tragic. Um, you know he he desperately, I mean, I'm not going to ruin, I guess I've already ruined so much, but I'm going to try not to ruin any more about zoom, but zoom's origin is just so tragic. You know what? The, where they ended up taking the character didn't always work. Um, but that original uh, impetus behind Hunter's almond was so cool. Um, the idea that he, you know, he wanted, Flash to help him, and Flash refused for good reason, but he couldn't see it, and um, he became obsessed with it, and it led him down a really dark road. They, the character, I guess, is really just Hunter Zolomon again. I mean, in the kind of the post-New 52, post-Rebirth world, I don't even know if he even exists, but he, um, Jeff Johns kind of finally reverted him in the final crisis, what was it, Legion of Three Worlds storyline, which I always felt was kind of an ignominious end for the character. Like, it didn't really feel like that's, what, that's where that character should have ended up. It was always a little disappointing. Um, but if you read this initial Jeff Johns run, it's so good. I would say that the first couple aren't as solid. I mean, he's kind of finding his way. But after a while, he really, I, I would say between issues 200 and 225, uh, there's nary a bad, bad issue in the bunch. Um, his rogue profile issues became the, the thing of legend. Um, when he would take an issue to really uh, dial in on one of the rogues and really get inside their head, his Captain Cold one is absolutely fantastic. He does one a Mirror Master. Um, there's numerous, but uh, he's, and obviously the one on Zoom was uh, breathtaking and like just a fantastic issue. Um, so I, want to go back in and read, uh, Jeff Jones's flash this year. I think that's going to be on my kind of, uh, new year's, new year's resolutions of comics. I should read again that it's been a while and I should really kind of, uh, hunker into it. Another thing that would be on the list would be uh, the Nightwing by Chuck Dixon run. Um, I recently have picked up um, over since they've started publishing them, the, I guess, six so far trade paperbacks of the Nightwing run from the 90s. Um, my my kind of gripe on it is it feels like every, every single collection gets smaller and smaller, or collects less and less issues. Um, but I'm glad that, like, you know, you've got up to issue, I think, 53 now in trade. Like, that's pretty cool. Um, I'm just trying to see... Yeah, the uh, Volume 6 was issues 47 to 53, which, again, that's not a lot of issues. Um, And previous issue uh, chapters had had more of that. Uh, Like Nightwing... The uh, the volume before that, I guess the volume number five, has Nightwing thirty five to forty six. That's twelve issues. Um, so I just felt like they're getting a little skinnier, uh, which is unfortunate unless they're doing that on purpose for uh, a reason I can't figure out. Um, so I would like to go back and kind of read the, uh, the the Dixon Nightwing stuff because uh, it's really entertaining. Um, it's great McDaniel art. Speaking of McDaniel, I'm going to be on an upcoming episode of the Epic Collection, Epic, the Epic Marvel Podcast, talking about um, the man without, man without, uh, sorry, not man without fear, the, the fall from grace storyline, um, or specifically the Epic Collection uh, that is in. Um, one of the Daredevil epics and uh, we we talk a lot about McDaniel's art in that one so I do recommend you check that out when that comes out that's the epic Marvel podcast hosted by Curtis Finley and guest starring me uh, one of its episodes with Daredevil and Amazing Spider-Man other things that are kind of on my uh, should read again list um, Flash Rebirth which I love the art but I still think the story doesn't always work but um, it's still entertaining Um, just something about it I mean I think Van Skyver's artwork is really what really drives it for me I just want to go back and read Officer Down, by, uh, which was a, a Batman storyline, which kind of ended up giving rise to Gotham Central, which was uh, a, just a fantastic book, which I do own in hardcover, um, so I should probably go back and read that too, because that, that's like Law & Order in, uh, in, the, in the DC Universe, and it's exquisite. Um, apparently everything I'm talking about right now is DC and literally the bottom few shelves are DC. I'm sitting down on the floor looking at some DC books, um, remembering how I want to go back and read all the 52 because that is one hell of a story that really holds together. Um, it's like a weekly, you know, when it came out, uh, obviously it was a weekly, uh, comic book. It really felt like a TV series, like, um... And that's something about weekly comics which are really fascinating. Like, I'm excited about the upcoming Avengers No Surrender storyline just to get a weekly Avengers comic uh, with one big story. It's kind of cool. Like, I remember when uh, Amazing Spider-Man was, what was it, three or four times a month? But uh, you had a ton of Amazing Spider-Man, and uh, that was cool. Um, you got so much, and it was like, if, this, if you didn't really like the story, you didn't really have to worry. The story was about to be over, and you're about to have a new one. Like, it was just in, in and out, in and out. And uh, it really... The sense of pacing was exciting, and everything moved so quickly. Um, yeah, I, I just really dug it. So my last book that I'll talk about that I want to read for 2018, uh, I want to go back, and this is more something I would like to talk about in a future episode, is I really want to hunker into um, uh, Thunderbolts. Uh, I love Thunderbolts, and when they came out with the, with the classic uh, editions a few years ago, I bought all three volumes, and then they just kind of stopped. And then eventually they came out with the uh, Hawkeye and the Thunderbolts trades, which are much thicker for some reason. Uh, have so much more material and collect, I think, from issue like. 22 to 50 in like two volumes, like they are hearty volumes, but I would love to go back, reread all all those and talk about them on the show because, uh, those are just such great comics, but really good superhero comics that aren't afraid to just be unadulterated superheroes. I think sometimes comics try to get too clever, uh, or try to be too subversive or do different things. But uh, sometimes I just want a superhero comic that's not afraid to be a superhero comic. And even though Thunderbolts had villains trying to be heroes, trying to be villains, um, wait, is that right? Hold on villains trying to be heroes uh that's more or less right um <laughs> um it, it, i mean that trying to be villains trying to be heroes yes i think that i'm trying to think how many of those can i throw into that sentence but the, i would say in a lot of ways like and this is going to be heresy but um i've always been such a huge fan of the fabian Nicieza run on thunderbolts and for me in some ways i actually enjoy it more than the original music run uh which i know is just blasphemous um I love the stuff by Music, don't get me wrong, and his his collaboration with uh, Bagley is fantastic. But uh, there's something to be had in the way that Uh, And this guy's had changed the stories, Um, especially from, I think, issue, what, 34 to 50. Um, It became a really fascinating uh, murder mystery and so many different pieces that when they all came together, it was really exciting. And I remember reading it when I was a kid, like I wasn't a kid, I was probably 16, 17 years old, but just being floored by issue 50. And I may have actually talked about this in the podcast already. So now I'm like, oh, shit, did I already do this? But I want to read it again this year. And I think I also want to go back and read um, X-Man, The Man Who Fell to Earth. The um, I mean, there's two trade paperbacks that they've released for the, the kind of the first couple of years of the X-Man book. But uh, The Man Who Fell to Earth is, um, I still enjoy it. I, I have a real affinity for issue five. Because so I picked that up right on the newsstand. Um, and uh, I never picked up another issue after that for years. Um, because I wasn't going to a comic book store at that time. And I think by the time I started reading X Men regularly, uh, it was it was a lot later. And in fact, and I, I remember not really even, even enjoying it, to be honest. like um, Until it got reworked during Counter X. Um, which I thought was really entertaining. I think it was kind X. No, it's been so long. Anyways, so uh, there's a recommendation for you. Read, uh, read, read some X Men. If you really want to go back to the nineties. Um, kind of post Age of Apocalypse, um, a book that I don't, I don't, I'm wondering how that even got approved originally. Like, I'm, it'd be entertaining to, to talk to someone someday about, you know, how did this book, of all the different concepts that have been thrown around in the Age of Apocalypse, how is this the one that survived? Um, you know, an alternate reality version of cable. Um, it's kind of, which is kind of interesting that that was the one. Um, and also, go read Thunderbolts. It's fantastic. If you can read the first 50 issues, it's so solid. Um, it has a lot of other good stuff too that's had the Thunderbolts name, but Something in particular with that first 50 issues is exceptionally strong. So, uh, thanks for listening to this episode. This has been uh, episode 538. You can uh, reach me at comic shenanigans at gmail.com. Uh, like the show on Facebook, rate new videos on iTunes, subscribe to us on iTunes, and also listen to us on Stitcher. Uh, future episodes we'll have, uh, actually, we're working on a bunch. Steve Engelhart is actually going to be on the show. He's going to be recording an episode in two weeks. Uh, Tom. Urchowski is going to be on the episode. uh, Sorry, recording an episode next week, um, next Wednesday. Um, He was a legendary letterer and uh, worked for. Like uh, on like, so many issues of uh, Chris Claremont books that it's almost ridiculous how many um, how many books that uh, Claremont wrote that uh, he was the letterer for. And we're also working on an, uh, an interview with Jamal Igle uh, as well as with um, Judd Winnick, which I'm really excited about. So uh, a bunch of stuff coming up in the next month and month, month and a half. And um, yeah, if you have any suggestions for the show as well, we're going to have an episode soon about JLN versus Avengers, so I'm excited to talk about that or is it JLA Avengers or Avengers JLA or one of those permutations. Anyways, thanks for listening to this episode. We'll catch you next time. Bye-bye.